a calm, beautiful podcast. We speak about the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Ah, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Stutzman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke. Good morning. It is December 19th. Welcome to Unfiltered. Luke, we are six days till Christmas and now only 32 days until Biden's inauguration. Three, two, three, two, you know, but got to get a new countdown going, I guess. What are we out from uh, from the 6th, right? The 6th of January is when they will be uh, the joint session of Congress will sit to certify the Electoral College and losing Auburn football coach Tommy Tupperville is already saying that he might be the one vote in the Senate needed to make a ruckus <laughs> failed failed football coach turned already failed senator and he's not even seated yet and he was in that movie blindside you remember that he he showed mm-hmm. up yeah he yeah. did he did yeah 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 he's uh he went from uh kissing uh kissing saban's ass unwillingly to kissing trump's ass willingly so absolutely and and short you, Tommy. In very yeah. short order very much so so well, what's going we, on my friend how's your well, week we been had a, a, a packed episode today um in addition to the topics we're going to be discussing we've got two guests uh these last several episodes we've had guests and i've really enjoyed the guests we've had and today is no different you want to kind of give a you know an intro to who we've got yeah, absolutely. So we have one of uh, one of one of our uh, former classmates that uh, was, I guess, Danny. You would have been an eighth grader when we were seniors. So, well, an SHS alum nonetheless. But uh, Danny Robles on the pod today. Hey, Danny, how yep. are you doing today? Very good. good. Thank you. And, and then another proud alum, right, Sheldon? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So Sheldon <laughs> Bell, still living in the community. Now, Danny, you live in Lincoln, right? Yes, Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. And Sheldon, you live there in Seward, correct? Um, at the moment, yeah. Normally I'm up at in Omaha, moment. but up and okay, gotcha, gotcha. But we are going to talk about today, this morning, uh Sheldon's efforts uh there in the city of Seward to make Seward a little bit more of an accepting place. Uh, it, this is in the news these days, being gay and uh, being uh, LGBTQ and plus in small town America. If you haven't checked out 
prom on Netflix. I, I beg you to do so. I uh, watched it again last night to gear me up for today's episode. And I there you am. go. There you go. Yeah. In addition to our phenomenal guests, we're going to be discussing actually on the same topic, uh, SCOTUS, right? Uh, there was SCOTUS okay-ish? <laughs> yeah, okay-ish. And we'll get into that. We're also going to be discussing uh, Mackenzie Scott and the art, the actual art of giving. Uh, if you have not heard, she has donated a shit ton of money, and we're going to get into that. Uh, mm-hmm. And like kind of last week, you know, the government came forward and said, hey, hey, Facebook, we don't know what you're doing or how you're doing it. We just know you shouldn't be doing it. And then this week, they kind of followed the same path. Um, you know, and Luke called me about this and said, hey, what's up with Google lawsuits? And just understand Facebook, uh, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon are kind of all in the shit bucket right now with the government. And Google was initially at the top of the list, but these last few months with Facebook's lack of filtering and condemning the, the just the 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 vile and the hate from all the groups and all these pages on their platform facebook has now been moved to the top of the class and then we've got google and then who knows where we're at with with the last two but those four kind of on the on the crosshairs right now with the fcc and various government agencies the uh attorney generals you know and and all that so we'll get into that more and then Bobby, we might have to have a we might have to have you teach us a master class just in all of the freaking agencies that are involved in this. FTC, who it's alphabet fucking soup. I can't keep all these guys straight. Who's who's who and who does what? Regardless of what the brand is, regardless of who it is, it's all about data. It's about the privacy, and it's the fact that you know these four groups pretty much capture probably 98% of all the data that's being mined and collected and, you know, uh, marketed from, you know, those four are, are it. And if you just look at their marketing dollars, I mean, we're talking Facebook's revenue, uh, you know, of, of billions, you know, every year and 98.6% on their last financial statement all came from ad revenue. So, that's kind of where we're at with that. And then uh, the Luke, the welcome to the holiday LGBTQ plus. It's about. Yeah. Up. So, hey, Hallmark and Lifetime. Thanks for uh, welcome to 2021. Gay people exist <laughs> in the holidays, too. Who knew? Who right. knew? <laughs> and then oh, uh we got to discuss the, 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 the hacking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this, this is such a hot, hot new topic. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. And it's massive. It's massive. And I am actually as a tech guru, I am actually blown away by the simplicity and the, 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 the scale of this hack and how easy they were to infiltrate um, not just government agencies, but over 18,000 companies now 
Um, so yeah, we're going to get into that. And then the last, now, this is, now hold on. This is not that, but did, did I read correctly that the guy that hacked Trump's Twitter account did it simply by guessing his password was MAGA 2020 <laughs> exclamation point. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Excellent. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so that was an easier hack than what, you know, the Russians did and are currently still doing, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was. So let's get into it and then we'll talk on let's the do other this. She says I am trash, but she listens to Takashi. Bitch, you lost me. Yeah, fair with the wishy washy. She thinks machine washed me. Swear to God, man, her favorite rapper wishy crossed me. I love conflict, got a obnoxious subconscious. I'm afraid to unlock it. Keep those monsters in the closet. I'm with an idiotic sub buttons. But I've been throwing down gauntlets since that underground rockets. Where I planted my roots. Yeah, that's how I had a whole planet that roots for me. As in the group, and no one thinks dark as I think. So imagine the havoc these black thoughts. Tariq. As in Trotter, I keep slaughtering beat Shout out to beat minus and T-minus But me long as I pre-promise to be honest And wholeheartedly apologies Be honor for that song that leaked I'm sorry, Bria, it wasn't meant to cause you grief Regardless, it was wrong of me But I'll be on my own Yeah. Head up in the clouds like Zeus When they say you ain't the goat I come down like who? But I got my head in the clouds like Zeus Swear I can see the game from a bird's eye view Hey, bitch talking to a rap god Hey, girl you talking to a monster Uh, I love that song, Luke. The new Eminem, Side B, phenomenal 16 tracks. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. I was very disappointed to not see a Machine Gun Kelly collab on this album. Well, uh, in this song, he disses Machine Gun Kelly and about, <laughs> I think, three other songs. There's, there's plenty <laughs> of dissing going on still. <laughs> so a cameo, even if unwillingly. Lovely. Yes. All right. Well, our guests today uh, are here to speak to obviously something that's been, uh, you know, a topic of conversation that's been a thread through our uh, pod since it began. Uh, a few episodes back, I shared my story of being a, you know, questioning, you know, and then gay teen in small town Americana. And I dealt with it by just unforgivingly putting myself in the closet and deny, 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 deny. And that was my coping me method uh, back in uh, 1992 through 1996 was to keep my head down as far as my sexuality goes you know, do do all of my uh, activities and whatnot that made me happy and then get the fuck out of there, which is exactly the life I led. I, I, I graduated from Seward High in 96. I then went down the road to Kansas City um, for to a Jesuit college, to Rockhurst for the next four years. And it was during that experience that I came out, as I've shared at the, uh, urging of a Jesuit priest who urged me to be my true self. And then as soon as I was done with uh, uh, undergraduate, I was truly get the fuck out of there and move to New York City and have lived 
in either New York City or Los Angeles or here now West Hollywood, which is you know in Los Angeles ever since. And that was my, like so many, so many LGBTQ youth, my plan from day go, from word go was flight, was let me, let me get out of here as fast as I can. And uh, that was my choice. That was what I decided to do. Um, but we live in a world where, first of all, I was extraordinarily privileged and lucky to have that as an opportunity to do that. I had very supportive parents that even after uh, I came out, I, I, I had their support and they helped me in my move. Uh, well, obviously they helped me while I was in college and then they helped me in my move to New York City. Um, Rewatching re Prom on Netflix last night and I urged all of you who have not checked it out yet to check it out. And I don't wanna hear this blah, blah, blah. The stage version is better. It's awesome, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> check it out, you know. But James Corden's character reconnects with his mother after being thrown out uh, many years previously. And I just, you know, it just gave me a moment for pause to remember that that was not the experience that I had. That, you know, my when I ultimately did come out, uh, while it was not in high school, it was, you know, later in life, uh, you know, well, not later, later in life, it was you know, during college. My parents were extraordinarily well, just, you know, open arms. Okay, we're we're in this. You're my son. You're my daughter. Much like uh, Carrie Washington's character in Prom ultimately says to her daughter, "I don't get this, but I love you. You're my daughter, and that's what matters." Right. So with me today, as I mentioned, is my friend Daniel Robles, who uh, was a few years, just a few years younger, <laughs> uh, and he had a different experience of being gay in small town Americana. And that is uh, something that I'd love to start with, uh, Danny, if you would so uh, um, grace us with, with kind of your story of, of what life was like and what your story of coming out and whatnot was uh, in small town America. Absolutely. Um, well, I wasn't born in Seward, Nebraska. I had come to Seward for the summer to spend time with my brother in the early 90s and then my mom decided she wanted to move there permanently in 1993 and so um, uh, I did go to school a little bit off and on uh, just to try it out before um, anyway eventually I ended up getting stuck there uh, at about sixth grade and so you know you're still pretty young then and things are you know I you're, you're young, you're not really thinking about like sex stuff maybe yet, but um, you know, uh, kids are cruel because they pick up on words. And at, at that age, they'll do anything to make fun of you. Um, they'll make fun of you for wearing the wrong shoes or wearing the wrong, you know, this or that shirt and, uh, or looking the way you do glasses or braces or whatnot. Um, but I got a lot of uh, flack for being a California kid uh, I'm from San Diego and <clears throat> I had long hair and I was way more tan than most other uh, years my age at that time. And so I, I kind of stuck out and um, people would people would call me a girl more, more so than they would, you know, 
make fun of me for being gay. And uh, uh, that was that was kind of a trend for a long time. Um, they would call me Dan Dan the woman. And uh, and it wasn't like I had no desire to be a girl. I, I you know, didn't really know if I was really interested in guys yet at that time either. But um, uh, it was it was one of those things where I would get fun made fun of for for looking feminine or you know having that kind of soft edge on on you know and being different. So that that's how it was in the in in my younger years. But uh, as I got into high school, uh, that kind of followed me uh, into high school, and. Um, then, then the the faggot word started getting thrown around, and wow, I didn't uh, I didn't respond to it the way that they probably thought that I would have. I would say things back like, you know, fuck you, fuck your mom, and fuck your dad, <clears throat> and you can all eat and die. And I would, I would say stuff oh, yeah. to these other people, like you know, the jocks and whatever, and oh yeah, you call me a girl because you you know you really just want to fuck is what I would say, and, you know, I just, I would egg them on and make them feel, I would, I would try to flip the script in high school right? because I started getting pissed off about it. And, um, and then at that time I knew that I liked guys. So, you know, I had, I had my crush on so-and-so I had my crush, you know, here and there. And, um, uh, but um, no one, no one really, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get a, a terribly hard time about being gay because I was friends with kind of the the right people, like you know, like Katie Slope and Kira Puzel and um, Jessica Coulterman, and uh, also um, you know a lot of the people that were my godparents, you know, upperclassmen, and so they usually had my back a lot of the time and we were all friends and I think other people seen that as well. And I, I didn't get, it, it could have been worse if I didn't have those people around that I had known. Um, but I, I never experienced, go ahead. No, I was going to say, bring us to the, you know, when, when did you start, you know, you're kind of come, you know, letting people know who you truly were. Uh, this was probably around <clears throat> age 14 or 15 when I came mm -hmm. out. Um, my, my godfather's niece had a friend in Lincoln and um, he was gay. And, uh, uh, he uh, made it known that he was interested in me. And so I, we started dating and well, my godfather's niece got jealous about it and told my mom, so she kind of outed me. Ah, but, yeah. So I was kind of outed, but you know, and I and when I was asked about it, I was perfectly honest, and there was no there was no backfire. Like my mom was really accepting, my parents were very accepting, my siblings were, you know, may have thought it was a little weird or different, but they you know came around to embracing that you know, my lifestyle. And gotcha. so, and how, how did that, how did that translate to your life at school? Uh, it translated into a lot of more confidence because, you know, I, it didn't matter what anybody else think because th thought, because it was 
really the only thing that really scared me the most was rejection from my family and uh you know are they gonna am i gonna be ashamed of myself if they you know are they are they gonna tell me i need to be ashamed of myself and because you know you grew up not knowing if those things are something you should be ashamed of and so but when you've got your family's back or your family has your back and they're like we accept you for who you are and what lifestyle you're going to take but you know just be careful that's all they they said to me i i was worried that i was going to be rejected though it was my biggest fear absolutely absolutely so so flash forward like i mentioned danny is just a few years younger than me and flash forward here we are or, sorry i forgot to ask ask one very important clarifying question. Danny, were there really other out students? Were there, were there uh, out or uh, transgender or, you know, was there, was there a group of students at SHS at, at your high school at the time that identified the same as you? There were, um, but they didn't make it known. Um, yeah. And yeah, probably not until maybe senior high school is when they made it known, but I don't think yeah. that, and, and that was maybe one person that I knew. Um, you know, I don't want to say so many names out. Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. We don't, we don't always have to name names. It's all good, my friend. So flash forward uh, too many years, and here we are in a world where, like I, you know, I mentioned this movie Prom, uh, it was a Broadway show, uh, obviously, <laughs> before it became a Netflix movie. Uh, but the theme is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a musical or a film or a documentary. The theme is a through line throughout America, and that is kids being themselves. And I only use the word kids in a very respectful manner because these are high school kids, you know, <laughs> that's, a, that's why I use the term, uh, but teenagers being themselves and being retune, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, rejected by their communities and being rejected by their communities for no reason I would imagine other than just ignorance and not, Ignorance as in, you know, ignorance, I hate you, but ignorance as in ignorance, I don't understand this. And so it's other, we live in the, we live in the world of other right now. What is other is meant to be hated. Um, or I would say even worse, fear, uh, feared. But right. then again, I always hated the word homophobia because I'm like, you don't, you're not scared of me. You're you you you're a bigot. You know. So you know. There's some thoughts. There's some thoughts around that. But we are really lucky to to have people in the world like our 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 guest, our our next guest, Mr. Sheldon Bell, who a straight man found a need at the heart of the community that he lives in and is making moves to fulfill that need. So Sheldon, please, the floor is yours. Tell us what you're up to. All righty, so um, a few months back I was, uh, well, in August I was in an accident, so I've had to take the semester off from school and I've been recovering since. 
And um, so I was sitting in this uh, recliner that I lived in for a couple months and I was thinking about my time in high school. Um, like you said, I'm a straight man, so I've never experienced, um, you know, anti-LGBT harassment, but I've witnessed plenty of it. I've heard stories of plenty of it from different ages and years. And I was thinking, like, uh, looking through the news and decided that it was about time that Seward Public Schools caught up with the rest of the country and started putting greater protections in place to keep students from being harassed, to make them feel welcome in their school, uh, especially since too often around here, their families, churches, communities can reject them. And the school is the one place that a person should always, no matter what, feel welcome and safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, you know, to, to, you know, I think our, you know, Danny, I don't want to speak for you, but to, to, to <laughs> oh, Danny, you hit me right, right in the, right in the heart with an arrow when, when you said the, the faggot word, because even not being, um, you know, I, I got that. I got hit with that. I'm not going to lie. You know, oh yeah, I, I got I got hit with the with fag and pushed into a locker and this and that. And I too, luckily, had allies that were strong enough and around me uh, to say, "Hey, man, not cool. Don't do that." You know, but yeah. you know that, that's not always always the case for everyone. And let me make this very clear for anyone out there who's like, "Oh, well, you just have to teach them how to advocate for themselves." Yeah. Yeah, that's part of it, sure. But when you're that 15, 16, 17 year old guy, gal, non binary, and all of a sudden it's thrust at you in that, 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 with that much hate and vitriol, you don't, you, you, the words don't, sorry, we're not all scripted uh, like, uh, uh, like a, a screenplay, you know? We don't have right. the words immediately ready to go. And I mean, thinking back on it, God, I wish I had the witty retorts and everything just geared up and ready to go. But you, you don't, you don't always. Sometimes it just takes your breath away. And so sometimes yeah. you need an outlet to feel, unfortunately, you need to, you need a way to feel safe at school. And well, especially so, when you're made fun of in front of other people and you're just degraded and then it's like, what the hell can I say now? Like, you're just overwhelmed because you're being laughed at, you know? Yeah. God, that Sorry, go ahead. We all, have, we all have to remember what extraordinarily formative years these years are as well, okay? If the right. human brain is not for, fully formed until your late late 20s, I mean, when you're a teenager, you just got a fucking pile of goo up there that you're working with, and you're trying your best to forge your yeah. way forward. And you know, there, there were—I'm not gonna lie—there were times that I would come home at the end of the day and just lock myself in my bedroom and cry because I didn't know what the fuck else to do. You know, yeah. um, you know. So that's why you know people like Sheldon. I love that, you know, like you mentioned, you're a straight man and, you know, what, what, what can we do? What are, what are some ways, what are some what actions we can take to make sure that school is a welcoming place for everyone, no matter how you identify? 
Well, what I've been, and lots of uh, other members of the community have been a big help. Um, what we've been working on for the past few months, I'm a politician by trade. I'm going to school for political science. I've been doing this since 2015 now. So my natural inclination is to go for um, policy matters. The school district has a set list of rules and policies. They have non-discrimination notices, anti-bullying matters, things like that. So mm -hmm. I've been sitting and listening to what other people, oftentimes the you know um, LGBT members of the Seward School District have to say, things they've experienced, and deciding how to fix that. Um, for some of the problems, it's um, that they just feel like there aren't any rules to protect them. So mm -hmm. after hearing that, and then also hearing about things like, uh, of all people, Neil Gorsuch's decision of that Title VII includes um, uh, LGBT protections, and then cases like um, Grimm versus Gloucester, where a uh, uh, appellate court agreed that Title IX does directly. Um, I've been moving to convince the board to simply add um, sexual orientation and gender identity into their federal non-discrimination notices. Um, mm -hmm. Other matters, mm -hmm. and this kind of plays into, you were talking about how you don't always know what to say, and there's a group of people that you're meeting made fun of in front of, and um, uh, a lot of times in the school there are teachers even that'll start, you know, making homophobic, transphobic remarks towards students, oh, yeah. um, either just in general or to them directly. Um, my first ever political memory actually is from sixth grade where I got in an argument with a teacher over that. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't very much of an argumentative student back then, but this is, this is way, me giving you rapturous applause. Nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So no, that, to that, that, is, that is, I'm sorry to, I, to jump in there, but that is, oh, yeah, uh, that, that is, that is something that people don't really always include in this conversation is that sometimes the teachers are as bad if not worse and i guess it would be worse because they are coming from a place of authority than the students themselves and that uh you know whether knowingly or unknowingly they are passing along these gay or homophobic transphobic whatever you know microaggressions and setting the example for the other for the for the students in front of them uh yeah yeah i i i won't get into detail but yes that 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 sadly is something that i remember and something that happens to you know up to this very day that kind of thing happened to me when i wanted to join track i mean i had uh I mean, I was really fast, but Mr. Holthus didn't want me on the team because I had shoulder-length shoulder hair. He was like, you yeah. need to off, otherwise I'm not going to let you join the team. And I'm like, what? You know? Yeah, yeah and, that's a mic and that's a microaggression. And, and whether that's a microaggression versus, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we, we've talked about that on, on the pod as well. The, the, the kid that had to, you know, use a, a state wrestling, at a state wrestling competition and has to let the ref cut his dreads right then and there because he deemed them inappropriate for the ring. You know, these are, these are examples of adults putting their basic, basically putting their shit on the right. shoulders of I was just going to say, yeah. they're snacks of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Sheldon, how has your how has your efforts been? How have your excuse me? How have your efforts been met uh, by the community at large in Seward's? Um, well, we've been getting different responses. We kind of have three different arms we're working on. We're working on the policies that I mentioned before. And sorry about going on a little rant there. I'm kind of a policy geek. Um, uh, then we were trying to get rant a, on, brother. Rant on. Yeah. <laughs> So then we're trying to also get like a gay straight alliance slash pride group started at the high school to kind of give students a place where they 100% always feel heard and welcome. And then there's sort of another avenue we're going to. This is more for transgender rights. To, there's a, There are students there. Obviously, it's kind of the cliche issue. Um, which bathroom are they allowed to use? And uh, not only are these students prevented from using the restroom that they should be allowed to use, but they're also not allowed to use the gender neutral restrooms dotted in the odd parts of the school. Um, there's one by the big auditorium we have, uh, teachers, lounge, places like that. So they're either forced to go to, like, say, it's a transgender man in the school who's forced to go to the girls restroom, which makes him feel uncomfortable as well as all the girls in there who are having to, you know, go next to a man or they're not allowed to just go all day. But of course, that's the cliche. Um, the community has responded. We've had really great responses. Um, when I first started this, I was expecting to have maybe five people with me on this. But instead, we are a couple hundred, I think, members of the community who have done something one way or another, either signed things that we've sent in or provided me with little help researching different things or writing different things, attending school board meetings, speaking at school board meetings. Um, but then, of course, we've also had a handful of people, very small handful, who have been um, uh, aggressively opposed to this movement. Um, they don't, they're very anti-gay, anti-trans in their nature, so obviously they aren't too, you know, pleased with trying to make Seward a more welcoming place for gay and trans people. But for the most part, and this is what we've been getting from the school board, the superintendent, folks like that, is what I view as an overabundance of caution. Um, they don't want to mm -hmm. rock the boat too much. They don't want to. Uh, their their legal teams have advised them against trying to put in a lot of our different um, uh, recommended changes, even though I've looked in lots of other schools, including, um, you know, Omaha Public Schools and others around the country have implemented these changes already. Um, right. They advise them that they might defy state and federal rules. So it's just that that overabundance of caution, not moving quite quick enough to actually help these students. That's been the most prominent response to it. So jumping back to something that you mentioned a moment ago, and uh, we, yes, it was a pleasant surprise that that Gorsuch ruled the way that he did. But being a textualist, meaning that he takes the text of the Constitution at its word, at its face value, um, you can't you can't discriminate against one employee and not another employer. You cannot, you know. If, if female employee likes Brad and male employee likes Brad, because of your their gender, you would be discriminating whether or not that liking of that Brad is okay, essentially. I know I'm butchering it. Sorry, all the lawyers listening. But that's about the gist of it. So with that 
in the back pocket, and we're going to get to other SCOTUS moves uh, or lack of moves, you know, later in the show. Who are these lawyers, and why are they so cautious in putting basically protectionary regulations in place? Um, I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Um, of course, there's that little voice in the back of my head that's worried that it's um. Uh, they just don't want to, but I'm trying to remain yeah. optimistic. Yeah. And I know that the board and the superintendent do want what's best for as many students as possible in this. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned so. to me before, and I, sorry if I, I'm, I'm taking something off offline on. Uh, oh, while you were in school, you wanted to start a young Democrats club. Is that correct? Yes, I've been into partisan politics since I was 15, so. So how, how did that go? Is there is there a thriving Young Democrats club at SHS right now? Uh, despite my two attempts, once in high school and once uh, more recently, um, no, there is not. There are times of charm, though. Um, I'm not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> what happened with the uh, what happened with the first one? It was me and a friend who's um, also you know very, very passionate about a lot of these issues and who's um, <laughs> member of the community, all that. And uh, we went around, we did some of the work we needed to start a club at SHS. Um, so that what I remember properly, it's you need something like at least four members and then a teacher sponsor. So we went around, we were doing mm -hmm. that. We were on track to get a teacher sponsor to work with us. Of course, the rules dictate, um, you know, federal law dictates that that sponsor can't really be involved. They're essentially just there to make sure that we're not like using this as an excuse to like smoke weed and right. drink whiskey or something. Right. <laughs> but um. Uh, we then that's an went, entirely different club. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the band, but uh, no. that was band. but uh, anyway, which, so we which then we, but I was going to say, as a former band geek, I concur. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so then we went to the administration, the activities director, about this, and. I believe what they said. So it's a little bit of context to this then. Sorry, lots of different ties into all this. Of course. Um, a few years back. Um, so I don't know if you all know, but Skyler here in Nebraska, it's a very diverse community. Lots of um, uh, Latinx immigrants and such live there. And when mm -hmm. Seward, we've, they eventually stopped, I think after someone reported them to the, uh, whatever the state board for being sportsmanship stuff is. Um, Seward would bring up um, naturally, you know, Trump stuff, big old sign that said build a wall, things like that. And wow, um, which obviously isn't a good thing. So then fast forward to my and my friends asking uh, the school to allow this young Dems group. They said that due to the, quote, fiery political climate, it likely wasn't a good idea and that we're welcome to do it, but not to affiliate it at all with the school. They weren't okay with the Democratic stuff. Is that correct? They didn't say it outright. Of course, they, like I said, there's that voice in the back of my head that thinks that's potentially what it was. But right, um, what they said was they just didn't want politics in the school. Now, fast forward a little bit more to recently. Um, the school has some religious groups that meet. Um, they meet. They have one. Uh, what's it called? can't remember, like a youth group or something that meets with the middle school. Um, they have various other non-curricular activities. And since they have those and they receive federal funding, to the best of my interpretation of a law called the Equal Access Act, 
they should yeah. have allowed <laughs> a political group to exist on the school, so long as the teacher wasn't directly involved and we weren't right. disrupting things, which I don't think we would have disrupted anything, but some, uh, but, but, but playing, sorry, <laughs> playing devil's yeah, advocate. But, yes. Uh, other than these Christian groups, is there a young Republicans club per se? Not anymore. I think I heard that there used to be, um, I'm not sure what happened to yeah. it, if it just fizzled out or what, but, um, got it. No. So basically regardless of, right. So the, the religious organizations that are allowed to convene, which is a whole nother topic. Um, and this literal towards again, the other, other, you know, build that wall, oh, what a disgusting, disgustingly racist term. Um, yeah. you know, they, they, they said, we don't want to get involved in politics. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. So now here we are. You know, we've got these, you know, Glesson, you know, supports the, the Gay-Straight uh, gay Alliance, you know, groups across the country. Uh, you mentioned that briefly. What is the appetite of acceptance from, have, have you heard anything from the board, from administration for, for that kind of an organization at Seward here? And mind you, just less than two weeks from 2021. Um. We're still in the pretty early phases. They just recently got a couple of teachers who said they'd be sponsors for it. A couple of friends of mine still in the high school are spearheading it. And they have uh, more than enough membership. I know um, you mentioned um, how there were only a small handful of people who were open in the high school, but there are definitely a lot more now. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know all of them, but they're all, there are plenty of them. And um, I think from what I've heard from them that the high school administration is fairly open to it overall. Um, I don't think they've gone ahead and directly asked them yet. Yeah. You know, in a more definitive way. Um, but I don't think they're going to be too opposed to it. I don't think they're going to block it. And of course, yeah. they can't to a certain degree. Uh, well, if they try to block it, they're going to, you know, well, as soon as it's safe to travel again, we're going to talk about the epicenter of hell that I live in right now in a moment. But uh, as soon as it, if they try to block it, they're going to get one hell of a caravan of guys from uh, L.A. and gals <laughs> from L.A. that will uh, show up to uh, let them know how <laughs> outside of the law that they are. Um, oh, Sheldon, yeah. just, you know, I have to ask you, as a straight man, what, you know, other than just the being the right thing to do, what, what was your motivation for taking on this, this task? Um, well, more long-term, it's just, I don't know, I got raised right. My mom managed to... <laughs> raised me to not be a jackass essentially but um right uh, right, right yeah um, no offense to the jackasses in the world but um, <laughs> um no it, it it it's 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 right yeah, yeah. if you're if you're if you're uh raised right um <laughs> that's that's you know that's that's, that's so much of it and unfortunately <laughs> we see we see so much of these stories being presented by people who, um, you know, have have not had a welcoming 
situation at home when they when they come out. And so I I just I I applaud you. I thank you for your for your efforts and just think this is this is long overdue. Uh, not just in and you know look, folks. We we talk about Seward because that's where we're from. Uh, exactly. Take the N, take take the NE off of that and plop this town of what 55, 6,500 people anywhere USA, and it would be pretty much the same story. So, yeah. you know, I I can't I can't say enough how much you know I I love and we all love you know Seward and the place that we grew up. And so by by talking about these things, we are no, in no ways trying to demonize anywhere. It's just trying to open people's eyes to the fact that something, that this still exists, that this still exists in the, wor in the world 2021. And we, we talk about all of the things that Trump in, Trumpism and uh, Trump, Trumplicanism uh, opened up in terms of uh, racism and fear and hate of other. Well, I mean, look, just look at his LG, uh, just look at his trans ban, ban. You know, uh, fear and, and the hatred of uh, LGBTQ people is right up there, and so that um, you know brings me right up to one of the things that I wanted to talk about today which is uh, SCOTUS, this new Supreme Court with Justice Amy on the, on the bench. Um, they actually, just this past week, uh, decided not to hear a case, okay, uh, that would have rolled back major provisions of um, Obergefell v. Hodges, which was the landmark uh, uh, decision that uh, legalized marriage equality uh, across the country. Uh, the state of Indiana had uh, filed a, a brief that would have severely limited the, um, that same-sex couples, sorry, same-sex spouses should not have the same rights to be listed on state-issued birth certificates as opposite state spouses. So basically, you know, if you have a child in Indiana and you want to list both spouses on the birth certificate, they were trying to say that you can't. Uh, a lower court struck that down and said, no, that, that's, that, that is discriminatory. And the Supreme Court could have, uh, this was kind of one of those cases that we were watching to see, is this going to be a new, is this going to be a new, uh, is this the new way of the Supreme Court chipping away at, 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 you know, different rulings? And they declined to even hear the case, which is, you know, not, not only did they, they, you know, it's, 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 it's better than not ruling against it. They're, they're essentially saying that, uh, uh, excuse me, Obergefell v. Hodges, that, that puts that, in basic, basically that puts that on the on the level as precedent. They're saying that this, you know, this has already been ruled on in this uh, case, so we're not gonna hear it again because this case already tells you the way that we would rule, so we're not gonna hear it. 
Am I describing that right there, Sheldon? I think so. Yeah, that's how I understand it. And they had a similar one um, come out of, and one that I was paying attention to, come out of Seattle, well, the Washington area at least, where um, some parents were trying to get a school to reverse its um, pro-transgender bathroom and locker room policies. And the okay. uh, court ruled in favor of that, um, keeping the policies in that help transgender students. And then the Supreme Court also refused to hear that. Um, which I don't think, I don't know if it keeps it quite at the same level as if the court were to rule on it, but at the very least, it doesn't set Supreme Court precedent against LGBT rights. Right, right. Basically, is phenomenal yeah, yeah, about the court cases, right, with the Supreme Court is, you know, when it comes to leadership, <clears throat> you have to watch what people do and not listen to what they say, right? People can tell you they're going to do X, but are they actually doing it? So going into Trump's, you know, Supreme Court picks, you know, what, what people, you know, media had said about stacking the bench, you know, I think everybody anticipated when it came to, you know, the LGBTQ uh, cases that everything was going to be overturned. It was going to, you know, set us back, you know, a decade or two. And so far, that is not the case. I think we've gotten fairly fortunate with justices like Chief Justice Roberts and, again, kind of shockingly, Justice Gorsuch, that they do respect precedents and do actually seem to care about interpreting the law in a very neutral way rather than letting partisan politics influence how they're ruling. You know, they're looking for what the actual ruling should be instead of deciding what they want it to be and then finding evidence for that. Right. Which I think was the fear for with justices like, you know, Kavanaugh and um, Coney Barrett. Right. Right. So, Luke, do you have any more questions for uh, or comments about uh, the Supreme Court information? You know, I've been trying to do such a good job because I can hear my damn dog in the background. I've been muting, unmuting, muting, unmuting. And that was the first time I I think I just talked for a solid 30 seconds. And uh, you didn't hear any of that. Anyway. Um, okay. No worries. <laughs> so, yeah, I was about to roll right into uh, the next Supreme Court decision uh, about schools. Um, you know, the governor of Kentucky had ordered all of the state's K-12 schools, whether public or private, to close temporarily to come combat uh, rising levels of the coronavirus in communities. And the Supreme Court rejected uh, religious schools' challenge to that order. Uh, they were saying that this was a religious liberties situation. And I, you know, based off of what the Supreme Court ruled earlier uh, this month on, you know, churches apparently can pack in as many people as they want uh, because God will keep them safe from the virus. Uh, this time the court said, nope, schools you gotta do what the governor tells you to do and uh they rejected again not taking it up they just simply rejected it as in we're not even going to hear this case revert back to the lower lower courts order uh all schools if the governor says all schools are closed all schools are closed um what you know what i i don't i 
you know, it's, it's, you can, you can pack in the masses for, for the holidays, but in this, it's not religious liberties. I can, I mean, anybody have, I mean, somebody who knows more about uh, religious liberties than me, please explain this. I mean, I'm happy this happened this way, but right. is this not court being a bit hypocritical of the decision they just made? Well, and I've just been undergraduate poli-sci philosophy students, but if I And were those are the to, opinions we like the most. Right. <laughs> well, uh, if I were to guess, I would say that with the churches, it is more that's where they worship, that's where they um, uh, go to do their religious thing. So keeping those <laughs> open as a house of worship would tie more directly to religious liberties rather than a order to shut down all schools, religious or otherwise, due to the coronavirus, since that's more a matter of education. And Got with um, online and stuff, it's not like they're preventing them from going to the school so they could still do that. I don't know. I'm not sure if that uh, makes any sense, but I think no, it is. No, that, 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 that does make sense. It, it actually makes me think you know, I, I am a church going fella and uh, I, you know, for, for better or worse, I, I continue to attend the, the same religion that I, I did growing up because that's just how I was raised and how I went to church and that's what I do. So I continue to go. And there was, uh, you know, here in California, we obviously have some serious problems right now with, with COVID. And, uh, you know, we, we do get to still gather for church services, but they have to be outside and they have to be, uh, you, know, <laughs> so, you know, socially distanced and severely limited to the number of people in attendance. Uh, the church flat out asks uh, the elderly to watch uh, via the live stream as opposed to coming in person. Um, my parents, who I don't, I don't think I can think of a weekend my entire life growing up that they missed church on a weekend. Uh, but my parents uh, have been, and my parents are in Kansas, mind you, not here in California. Uh, but you know, they they have been, you know, paying heed to the warnings and not coming to church. But anyway, I, I bring this up because there was another decision that, well, this decision that was made. Sorry, excuse me, not another. This decision that was made saying, no, 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 you can gather inside. You can have as many people as you want. And the Archbishop of Los Angeles uh, said, nope, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're we're going to continue to abide by the L.A. County health, health officials guidelines. So I found that to be a breath of fresh air that the church is, dare I say, listening that's good. Yeah, yeah. But no, right. it does not make it does not make sense to me. It you know it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's a school, or if it's a grocery store, if it's you know churches. You know it was it was very hard for the justices to even reference COVID in their decision. It's like mm -hmm. it's like the churches were kind of exempt from like. COVID spread, COVID policy, right. 
And, you know, they didn't reference any data, you know, uh, in the neighborhood where these, you know, where the church was originally in New York, COVID was spreading like wildfire. And yet the justice right. say, yeah, you can pack it in. So we're going to mm -hmm. spread it around. We're going to go back home. We're going to spread it around. We're going to go back to church. We're going to spread it around and just go into this vicious cycle. So from, you know, a data and a policy standpoint, their decision still does not make sense to me whatsoever. No, not, 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 not whatsoever, especially, yes, you, you mentioned the, the fact that they didn't even really mention COVID in, in the, in the ruling. Um, well, it's like, well, yeah. if you're religious and you go to church, there is no COVID in the church. That's kind of the way it was kind of summarized. And that's the kind of takeaway I got from reading that is like, Churches are not exempt from a pandemic. No, no, they're not. Uh, and neither are grocery stores. If I could just jump in, if I could just interject with a, uh, for a moment, uh, Bobby, forgive me. You've heard the tale already because I was just so fucking talk about hot ball in your chest. Uh, when I, when I came home after this moment, I, I had to speak on it immediately. Um, so I'm at my neighborhood grocery store, which is a, you know, part of a major, uh, a major chain. Okay. And I'm, I'm just doing my shopping and I'm looking around and I'm suddenly realizing there are so many people not wearing masks today. This is a little, this is a little odd. And so, you know, almost, almost on cue, uh, somebody who was also shopping with a mask on said to one of the people, um, Hey, you know, put, put your mask on, you know, I'll leave the expletives out. Uh, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? You know, we're all trying to stay safe here. And they very calmly took out their camera and started recording the fellow and saying, I don't have to wear my mask. It's my constitutional right to not wear my mask. Um, then said gentleman, uh, that, that, that said, put your mask on, grabbed the phone, threw it on the ground. And all of a sudden, one of the eight maskless guys jumps on the guy with the mask and there's a fight. I go running for the security guards up front. Uh, and lo and behold, the entire front of the store is jam packed with maskless people chanting things like no masks, no vax. Uh, this is all a hoax. Um, you know, you you can't you can't make me uh, you know wear a mask. You can't make me take a vaccine. Uh, people with placards, signs, and whatnot saying, you know, you know, give up, give. Basically, the government is asking you to give up your autonomy. You know, some idiot is screaming things about how they're injecting everybody with a with a tracker, and that's that's why the vaccine is happening. Ugh, fucking navies, fucking. I mean, <laughs> straight up QAnon bullshit, right? For sure. And yeah. I, I walk up. I, I, I managed to find the general manager in this kerfuffle, who was really just not doing anything. Um, and as we've discussed, surely that was the, like I said, major national chain. Surely that was the direction that he was given from his higher ups. 
Um, this is, uh, you know, because it's in Hollywood right there on uh, Fountain and La Brea. Uh, this is a Ralph's that has uh, not armed, but security guards with tasers and whatnot. Um, they were told to stand down, not to do anything. And it just kind of, uh, you know, I just kind of took it as like, well, th these people are ignorant as hell, but fuck, I guess it's their right to protest. And I finish my shopping and I go to check out. And then suddenly I'm face to face, um, you know, with plexiglass in between us and masks, of course, with the guy who was scanning my food through the checker, you know, and he's talking to his coworker, the, the, the young fellow that was, God, I sound like I'm 60. The guy who was <laughs> stacking my groceries. And he's just like, can you believe they did they didn't they didn't do anything to protect us? They they didn't, you know, those those people were right here, right, right next to us, without masks on, shouting and screaming, and they didn't do anything to protect us. And I would imagine that the they they were referring to as the management. Right. So Bobby from Big Box Retail. What 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 the fuck is going on? Like, I mean, I I think those those guys at the check stand had every right to be like, what the fuck? They weren't doing yeah. anything to protect us. I mean, yeah. what, what's going sure, on? You know, I'm sure Ralph's corporate had given directives to all their stores if if and when this were to happen. But now, you know, the blowback from the employees could result in a lot of lost. A, you know, a lot of lost labor for this, especially, you know, in those stores, if this persists and the employees do not feel safe, um, you know, I could foresee uh, armed police uh, being being positioned or stationed at this store if it continues. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think that's that's something that a lot of these retailers, um, you know, even here in Colorado Springs, you know, various arguments, someone walking in with a mask and then taking it off, uh, not covering their nose. I mean, people always comment, hey, you know, cover your nose, put your fucking mask on. And then just just those few words sets off whoever's not wearing the mask. It's like they come into the store wanting the confrontation. And yeah. loaded, yeah. they go from zero to 200 miles an hour in just a few words. And, you know, unfortunately, this is what a lot of these, you know, big box, you know, from the big box to the local local grocery stores, the employees have been dealing with, you know, since March. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, <clears throat> I can't fathom. I mean, this was clearly a coordinated event. I mean, this is, the, again, this is the grocery store that is less than a five minute drive from my place. It's the grocery store that I run to when I've forgotten an item and I just need to run in, grab something, go through self-check and get in and out real quick. You know, this right. is this is my community grocery store. And for the most part, I know the faces of the people that shop there, even in, a place as big as West Hollywood. I know the faces of the people that work there. <coughs> Excuse me. And these people were not them. You know, th this was a, it seemed, it felt like a very coordinated, like some fucking batshit crazy group on Facebook coordinated this. 
and they descended on this location at the exact time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, you know, here here we go. And it just right. I just couldn't. It just yeah, like 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 we were saying, like a hot ball to the chest because. Like I said on Tuesday's episode, I, I, I was just in the ER. I just saw the tents. <clears throat> I, you know, I just saw the ambulances lined up waiting to, to drop people off. And this motherfucker that was standing there saying, it's all a hoax. This is the biggest hoax. The government wants to own your mind. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wanted to grab him by the fucking throat and drag him to Cedars and toss him into one of those COVID tents, make him watch somebody be intubated and say, now is it a hoax? Now do you think it's a hoax? Yeah. I don't, we are losing people like two or I, what was the, what was the, the, the stat? I want to get my stat right. Like one death every 33 seconds. Yep. Like what, what the fuck are we doing it, 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 it it's just it's just mind-boggling and um you know i hate it i i wanted to go down south you know josh has a grandma that's getting up there and ages probably doesn't have too many christmases left but she also has cancer and she's elderly right and we were like the fuck we're gonna go down there and bring whatever hell is here in california down to them you know Right, and they're sad. We're not coming, and this and that. They obviously, thank God, understand that it's the right thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't even an option. It wasn't even a question if we were going to go or not. Obviously, we're not going to go because yeah. it's freaking dangerous. And yeah, come summer, after hopefully everybody's vaccinated, it won't be the ho ho holidays. But who gives a fuck? Grandma will be alive, and we can spend time together. You know, right. like right. people. Like we're seeing the Thanksgiving surge right now, and it's only going to be worse in January. Right. Yeah, we're going to have Christmas and the New Year's surge come the end of the month. You know, everything that is happening right now, Dr. Fauci and other health professionals have been saying since, you know, April 22nd. On April 22nd, they got up, they had the task force meeting, Donald Trump was present, and... First, it was, well, Dr. Greenfield from the CDC was misquoted that there was going to be a second surge in the fall, or this was coming back in the fall. And then he gets up there and says, no, I was not misquoted. And then reporters say, well, Dr. Fauci says this is definitely 100% accuracy going to be back in the fall, worse than it is right now. Mm -hmm. And then Trump gets up there and says, nope. Fauci was misquoted. A few a few minutes later, Fauci gets up there and says, I want to be direct. This will be back in the fall. It's going to be bad. We've got to get it under control now. You know, the goal was to always get the number of daily cases down below 5,000 for the country, for the United States. And we're at 235, 250, almost 300,000 cases, 3,200 you know, people are dying every day, one every 30, 33 seconds. And still we've got millions of people across the country that are claiming that this is a hoax. They see the ambulances. They see the news. They, they, they know what reality says, what facts say, and they don't care. 
Sorry, I was yeah, on my it's, it's really, it's really, it's really breathtaking. And um, oh shit, I just, I just want everybody to really think twice. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you probably, uh, you know, you're probably, you know, you're of a certain mind, <laughs> but uh, mention it to your friends, mention it to your loved ones, mention it to anyone who will listen. A, a, a Christmas and New Year's spent with the people that you already, just the people that you live with is, it's fine. You know, th this holiday will, will come around. It'll come around again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You know, we've shipped, we've shipped a lot of gifts out these last couple of weeks to, you know, family and friends in Nebraska and abroad. And we've got plans already, you know, uh, Amber's, you know, my wife's got a, a grandfather who's who's 90, 97 now. And mm -hmm. we're going to be doing Zooms with family members. And, you know, people aren't going to be visiting from out of states and going to Nebraska or whatever. So, you know, it's it's very easy to do. It's it's, you know, not a regular Christmas. But like Luke said, grandpa will will be alive, you know, in months from now, as opposed to bringing or spreading the virus and you know causing a fatality yeah exactly um because because it, it happens just it happens just this easily uh the other craziness that happened in my life this week is that i <clears throat> was indeed i mean i i as i've mentioned be due to my work i do travel a bit and i am out and about and and go to different places and it came to my attention that I had been in direct prolonged contact with somebody who had a positive uh, COVID test. So yesterday morning I was sitting there uh, with the swab up my nose and uh, I'll, I'll find out in a couple of days. Uh, I feel fine, obviously, but you know, it just can happen that easily. It's just going to yeah. happen that easily. And I, by the grace of God, you know, it's people that I work with and whatnot I'm connected with. And so <clears throat> it got down the, it got down the grapevine to me that, Hey, you, you've been in contact with this person, but then Bobby, that made me think, damn, some kind of tracing app or something. The moment that person popped positive, it would have been nice to, you know, have some kind of technology that would have alerted to me right. to that. Right. You know? <laughs> now, now, Daniel, you live in Lincoln, correct? Yeah. Now I'm a huge fan. I'm a big fan of your guys's Democratic mayor. I think she's done a phenomenal job. I know there are people on the right, including uh, Larry the Cable Guy, I yeah. guess, that are trying to get her sign enough signatures to get her rescinded or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Lincoln, you know, what's it like in Lincoln right now? Is it is it you know people are masking up or is it kind of a you know a mixed bag? Well, there's a lot of people that don't like the mask and, uh, you know, a lot of places that you go to, you have to wear a mask because they'll tell you to, that you should turn around and walk out. And, uh, but for, I think for the most part, people are following the direct, uh, the direct health measures. Um, but I, the, you know, the people that are not wearing the masks and, you know, going in and out of places thinking that they don't need one are just 
they're just ignorant, they're dense, and they're not you know, following the directive health measures. And I don't know, it's kind of like my aunt in Alabama, you know, she's just like, doesn't think it's a big deal. And her stepson got it. And then her daughter-in-law got it. And it's, you know, it hasn't been bad for them. They don't have underlying conditions and they're younger, but I mean, it's, the whole idea mostly is about the respect of others who right. not have a you know strong immune system or may be going through some sort of chemotherapy or have a medication that they have to take that suppresses their immune system and um, it's you know it, it's more like you don't want it to even if you do have it and you're not getting it bad it doesn't mean that you're not going to get it you know, right. else and it's going to be terrible for them. Right. Get it or spread it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. The, I, I stay, uh, you know, hyper uh, vigilant about washing my hands, wearing the mask and, um, you know, gloves if I have to, cause I do work in healthcare and um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's gotten real close to home a couple times where, uh, my supervisor thought she had it and then, uh, had an inconclusive test and then, then finally got another one and it came back negative. And then my best friend had it, but then it turned out to be regular pneumonia. He didn't have COVID. And then, um, another person that I know had it, uh, but they only experienced minor, like very mild symptoms. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's really one of those things when you let your guard down, you probably will come in contact it with it and your chances of getting it are exponentially higher. So right. it's better just to not let your guard down. And with these people about, you know, trying to impeach Leary and Gaylord, um, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know too many people that want to. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't understand the people that do want to because she's she really hasn't been doing much in terms of following the the directive health measures that the governor set forth. So if they really have a problem with how things are going, they should probably point the finger at Pete Ricketts. Right. And we do not like Pete Ricketts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's been oh, building Pete. political capital with, you know, he's with Trump. Man. And there was, you know, I know there was stuff that she wanted to implement in the city of Lincoln and Pete Ricketts denied it. Yes. And, and you know, so, yeah, we're, you know, we're not fans, you know, on unfiltered. We are not fans of Pete Ricketts. But um, I did want to, you know, say that I am a fan of of your mayor. I think she's, she's great. Done, yeah, I think she's done a great job for what she's working with. Now, yeah. there was someone that that you know, was more supporting, say, you know, Ben Sass, for example. Um, mm -hmm. he, he is more in line with the data and the science on COVID. I think right. she would be a lot more supported, but with what she's working with, I, I think she's done a great job. Absolutely. She came into a total mess and like Biden's walking into a total mess. And, um, you know, the, the, the no one... No one that came into office four years ago or, you know, two years ago ever expected to have to deal with this kind of thing. Right. And, you know, it's been um, because of Trump, a shit show. 
And then that's trickling down to senators and congressmen and governors like Pete Ricketts. And so it's, you know, that snowball effect is really, and people, people point the finger in the wrong direction, you know, and no one wants to be accountable or culpable for the things that are going on. And, but, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing something that we don't want to do. No one wants to do this. No one wants to want to run around wearing a mask. No one wants to run around, you know, right. Sending one person to the grocery store and then, you know, dealing with people that are coughing and sneezing around next to you because of the climate and whatnot. So, you know, it's just people are just going to have to bite the bullet until they get the vaccine. And and even right. if they not to get the vaccine, I'm going to get the vaccine. But, you know, if someone has it, then it, I mean, that's their fault. You know, at least I know that I tried to not make it my fault that I died and got it, you know. Right. You know, right. You, I am, I am on the the <clears throat> city of Lincoln homepage, the mayor's office, and I, I love she is wearing a mask in her picture. That is yeah. that is fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. So so Sheldon, we're a few days into the mask mandate there in good old Seward, Nebraska. How goes it around Town Square? Yes, how is that? Well, I'll be perfectly honest, I have not been outside of my house for, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> well done. Um, well done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing very well with this mask mandate. It helps that I don't have a social life. But um <laughs> and you so, should um, that's fine. From it's what okay. I, I... <laughs> but uh, from what I hear from the of course the Seward community chats and everything. There are a lot of very vocal people who are talking about they don't want to wear a mask. They don't want to have to wear a mask. Um, one of the times I did go outside the house, I saw a few people walking around and going into stores and stuff that weren't wearing them. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not, so I'm not entirely certain how well it's being followed since I'm not really going into too many stores. But just right. based off of what I've been hearing from people around town and the handful of places I've seen, I would say it's fairly mixed how it's all going. It's like Luke said, I just want to tell people, do you know how uncomfortable it is to be intubated? It's not, fun. it feels it like a rod down your throat. It's gross. Yeah. So yeah. like people, why don't you wear a mask? I mean, it will cause you to have such a, just a, not a horrible experience if you ever get it. Yeah. And protect other people too. Just yeah, I think that's not something they realize that it's a big part of helping everyone else. You know, it's around here we're supposed to have that small town help or your neighbors, that kind of stuff, but too many people just apparently aren't all that concerned when there's just that slight inconvenience to them of wearing a thin piece of fabric over your face for ten minutes and pack and save. Yeah, just while you run into a store. Exactly. So we've got lots of things going on in the tech world right now. We might have to table some of it for uh, for Tuesday, Bobby. But do you want to just briefly tell us about this hack that uh, the serious shit that just went down that we just discovered? No, Pentagon. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> the software platform that a lot of government agencies and a lot of what we're finding out thousands of businesses are using to manage their network infrastructure edge devices is called solar winds and it's all one word 
and it's basically like you know it's an msp platform which stands for you know managed service provider so at the end of the day there was this this backdoor malware called sunburst that was that infiltrated solar winds and that really was like a super highway into everybody's networks we're talking oh. microsoft we're talking uh the D department of defense here let me see here pentagon uh, states treasury yeah yeah and eighteen thousand businesses so at the end of the day once they were able to infiltrate solar winds with this malware it essentially gave them access to whoever was running this at the time and when you go to SolarWinds website today, it says, hey, you need to upgrade X. Well, even when you upgrade, that doesn't necessarily remove them from your network. So we may be seeing this for several months yet. Uh, Pompeo admitted today for the first time, the first person from the Trump administration to admit that it was in fact Russia, which we already knew. Uh, you know, Shocker. Yeah, yeah. Trump has not been been completely silent all week about this. So when Trump is silent, you know there's fire. And yeah. um, you know, so everybody knew it was Russia, but I just didn't realize because I know telecoms that we're partnered with that we use from time to time that actually have uh solar winds as their MSP, you know, their platform. So if they've got Say they've got 30,000 fast food uh, locations. Uh, essentially, SolarWinds is there to monitor the network. When the circuit goes down, you get notified, that type of stuff. And there's other shit they do, but that's primarily what their bread and butter is. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I was really shocked that through SolarWinds of all companies, that this is the way Russia was able to access all these government agencies and Department of Defense and Energy and, you know, 18,000 companies. But this has been known. That's what's crazy is Microsoft back in April came out and said, hey, you know, Russia and I believe Iran were companies that they found were trying to, infil you know, infiltrate various networks in the United States. So it was known. And, you know, but here we are today and, you know, we're talking you know, the stockpile, you know, they've got, uh, you know, they have access to it. We don't know how deep of access in any of these um, Department of Defense or, you know, any of these um, agencies or companies, how far into the network they've gotten. That we don't know. What we do know is that with simple malware, they were able to access, I mean, just an unbelievable, unbelievably amount of networks. And that's kind of where we're at today. But finally, the Trump, you know, the Trump administration did admit that it was, in fact, Russia. So we'll see what, you know, kind of goes on from here. But um, a simple software patch is not going to fix this. My goodness. My goodness. Well, thank God we have uh, we, we, we have an administration coming in that uh, will hopefully take uh take the threat of Russia just a bit more seriously, right. just a bit more seriously. I just want to briefly 
uh, you know, shout out to uh, Mackenzie Scott, who for all of you out there being like, who the fuck is Mackenzie Scott? That is uh, the former wife of the one and only Scott Bezos, who himself has to this day not signed the giving challenge. The giving challenge is a, uh, a challenge uh, that Warren Buffett, I believe, initiated asking all of the billionaires of the world to sign this uh, pledge, uh, yeah. the giving pledge, there it is, saying, uh, I will give away at least half of my net worth during my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jeff Bezos that kind of started that. Yeah, Jeff Bezos has notoriously not even signed it. Mackenzie Scott, upon divorcing uh, Jeff Bezos, immediately became what the sixth or seventh wealthiest person in the world. Yeah, like Sixty-five. Uh, she got. Wow. Yeah, and immediately, immediately signed the pledge. And in it's they've been they've been this has been final for less than a year. And in less than a year, she has already given away uh, over six billion—that's a b billion with a B—over six billion dollars to mostly um, under uh, underserved communities, um, you know, minorities, uh, you know, people of color, LGBTQ, um, you know, providing education for underserved communities. Back to that. God, Dr. Jill and Community College. Um, she, you know, there was a big write-up about the money that she's given to these tiny, tiny little community colleges that uh, are, are, you know, are really the only shot that that a lot of Americans have towards an ed college education. And uh, some of these colleges, you know, where where the major universities spend upwards of thirty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars per student a year. These little guys can barely afford, you know, a couple of thousand dollars per student a year. She's she's given tremendous amounts of money to these. They they named uh, four of them by name. Uh, check out the article in Wapo. Uh, but she is just she is the example of altruism and uh, charity, and you know something that we've talked about a lot on this pod, and something I was just talking, you know to my friends about the uh, group thread because that's how we talk these days we don't <laughs> gather um <laughs> you know we're all pretty fucking lucky you know we're all you know you can you can spend your time you know splitting hairs and saying that you know this could be better that could be better yada 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 but we're all pretty fucking lucky and why why are we all pretty fucking lucky i mean like well for one thing, I've got a roof over my head. I have people I love me that love me. I, I have a computer to plug a microphone in and, and talk to you, good folks. You know, <laughs> right. it, 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 I, and all it takes is for me, unfortunately, here in Los Angeles, is just a very short spin around the corner to see people living on the streets. And, um, you know, and then, like I said, my, my up, up in close encounter uh, with the COVID units uh, last week. And then these assholes protesting, and I just so bad. I guess what I want to say to those people that are protesting is like, you don't have a fucking clue how lucky you are that you are privileged enough to even be able to protest. So, you know, yeah. good on you, Mackenzie Scott. That that is just fantastic. And come on, Bezos, 
what the fuck? What, yeah. what's, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, come on and bring your $150 billion to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. <clears throat> well, on a high note, because we because of the topic we started uh, started with this morning, I talked about uh, you know watching prom, which again I cannot say it enough. Netflix, I, Netflix, hey, throw us some sponsorship money. Uh, what a fucking delight! What a delight! Watch it, watch it. But hey, you know all those Hallmark and Lifetime movies that come out over the holidays that you know middle aged women across America spend their entire holiday season watching. You know what they've been missing a lot? Well, obviously, the our, our, our people, Danny. Uh, the LGBTQ representation has been yeah. abysmal, but guess what? It's 2020, <laughs> and gosh darn it, it's time. It's not only time to have LGBTQ representation, but like with most fucking movies that have LGBTQ representation, it's some kind of like coming out story or it's some kind of like mom doesn't know so we have to hide our relationship and then mom finds out and the christmas spirit yep. comes upon her and yada 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 so sure there's that i'm looking at daniel levy with Kristen stewart and mackenzie davis right here in the happiest season and that's the kind of movie that that is you know they're lesbians mom doesn't know then she finds out christmas saves the day anyway <laughs> there are also a slew a slew of movies uh, on this year that uh, just have gay gay couples as the main characters, and that that that's about it. But that that's the extent, you know. It's just gay people in real life. Holy shit, they, so they do like exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's more like uh, those uh, nature, uh, you know, Wild Omaha. Or what was the name of that show back in the day? Uh, Mutual oh, of Mutual Omaha, Omaha, Wild, Wild Kingdom. Kingdom. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, whoa, what? Look at the look at the the gentle gaze as they grocery <laughs> shop. You know, like, it's, <laughs> but, but but that's it. That's it. The New York Times has a big write-up under uh, the title, Same-Sex Kisses Under the Mistletoe, Holiday Movies Rethink a Formula. And they talk about the slew of Christmas movies from uh, a New York Christmas wedding, uh, I Hate New Year's, and The Christmas House, a slew of movies that star, uh, you know, their main characters are, are a gay couple or a lesbian couple and, and other than that, it's just about their life, like any other fucking rom-com would be, you know? So you get to see him kiss. Holy cow, it's gay people kissing under the under the mistletoe. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 really fantastic. Um, fucking Hallmark, my hometown uh, company, you know, Kansas City is where Hallmark is uh, headquartered. They originally removed their ads, the pieces of shit, and then quickly apologized after Glad smacked them down and put their ads right back in. So thanks. I don't fucking know what to say to that, um, but uh, good good job to you know the the networks and the production companies out there for um, you know finally showing some representation that's that's just real, just people living their life, trying right. to raise kids and do all of the shit you have to do for the holidays, and you know that's it, that's it, you know. So good stuff. 
So before I I want to leave you all with a little with a little end of the year, not to say that it's the end of the year for us, but a little end of the year thing that I read from the post. Any closing thoughts from uh, our, any either of our, our wonderful guests or and and Bobby? What's 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 on your minds? No, you know I I want to thank Daniel. Um, I want to thank Sheldon. I think the conversation today was was phenomenal. Uh, you know, starting Luke with your story and Daniel's story, and then kind of seeing what's going on now. Uh, even though it's been slow, and I think Sheldon would confirm that uh, there is progress being made. Uh, but there again, too, uh, when it comes to leadership, I always tell, you know, working 20 years in retail, now running my own, you know, tech company. I always say, watch what leadership does, not what they says, you know, what they say. So I want us to follow up, you know, in the coming weeks and have kind of a, Absolutely. a part two and maybe a part three or four of this series and just kind of track, you know, the progress that we see and, and that's made. Yes. Um want to say thank you for having me it was a pleasure and um also uh um thank you sheldon for the work that you're doing i appreciate that very much and uh luke thank you for inviting me and bobby it was great to uh be on the network and uh and have this guy so thank absolutely. you and then uh absolutely. if i might uh, yes please yeah um, so thank you, Bobby, Luke, for having me on here. It was great. And um, um, I suppose a couple of things. If anyone listening is in the Seward area and, I don't know, cares about LGBT youth, feel free to reach out to the school board and let them know your thoughts. Um, tell them that this is important to you and that you want to see progress made. And then anyone who's not in Seward but is in a small town, similar situation, never doubt your ability to take up a cause and really put up at least a good fight for it. Yeah. Sheldon, you've got two, two Facebook pages, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. One of them is connected to the effort. The other one is a separate project of mine. That's moving a little slower. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Luke, the floor is yours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to my friends at the Washington post who uh decided to do something really cool you know 2020 has been one hell of a year you know good bad indifferent we've gone through a global pandemic a racial reckoning a presidential impeachment and a monumental election so the washington post thought what better than to ask its readers to sum up the the sum up sum up the year we've already had the times do this and they gave their readers six words well the washington post gave their readers one and they've had thousands of responses from all over the country one new jersey high school teacher even assigned the uh, uh assignment to her students uh and we've had wonderful uh responses some that you would expect now this first one i i guess they counted it as one word because you know we, it's got to be in there and that of course is dumpster fire there's also nightmare surreal relentless quarantine and a new one for 2020 
doom scrolling. Ooh, I like that. The top, yeah, the top three coming at you. Exhausting. Lost. And hope. 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 That's the one thing that this country has running through it. The one thing, the one common thread that we all have is hope. And I'll end with this just because it's cute as hell. Little Clark Smith, nine years old from Michigan, because Michigan, you know, they haven't been in the news at all this year. 2020 has been like looking both ways before crossing the street and then getting hit by a submarine. It's been the craziest year ever, but I guess I'd have to say hope. You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. We hope you enjoyed the show, but if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke, on Instagram at Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke, and on LinkedIn at Unfiltered-with-Bobby-and-Luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at bobbyandluke.com. This is Unfiltered, signing off.